It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. With Jason Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, September 18th, and you're listening to episode 590-590. As always, I am your host, Jason, J-A-S-O-N. And uh, here today, I am joined by one of our co-hosts, Emily, E-M-I-L-Y. I don't know why I'm spelling and saying things like that, but it, we're going with it. How you doing? I was prepared to spell my name. I'm doing good. And I was like, I do this. I can jump in and I spell. Didn't know, I didn't want to I didn't want to put pressure on you of having to spell something on on command, so I thought I'd just do it for you. And then I thought I was going to mess it up. I mean, it's possible. I had a very I had a very different spelling of Emily. But no, uh I was always good spelling Emily. My middle name is Catherine and I always had a much harder time with that cuz it just has more letters when I was little. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I always joke. So my name is Jason, as some people might know. Um, and my middle initial is a, so it's, uh, Jason, a Slingerland. Uh, and I always joke that so that my parents didn't want me to get confused. So J A S the first three letters of my name are also my initials. So that way I can't, can't forget. Also it's written in the months too. Uh, oh. you know, July, August, September, October, November. So, wow. Look at that. When you're a kid and you see that on there, you're like, whoa, my name's in the month. That's pretty cool. Of course, when you're in my my age, you're like, oh, great. And there's seven other people in my class with the same stupid name as me. My name is dumb. Stop naming people Jason. Yeah. Yes, so that, that is absolutely true of Emily. I was in the first generation oh, yeah. of Emily, something like that. My mom was like, I didn't know any Emily's except for like, I think she had like a great aunt that wasn't Emily or something like that. And uh, we showed up at kindergarten. And there were five Emily's in my class and Emily's <laughs> the most popular name for like 30 years after that. Uh, yeah. But I was yeah. in the first generation. You were like, I'm with wave one. I got this. I was, I'm exactly. a hipster Emily. Original. <laughs> yeah. My parents, in the year I was born, Jason was the third most popular name. Uh, and I looked this up, uh, because we were talking about names in the discord recently. I was actually going to post this a fun fact, but I forgot. So I'll just say it here. So my name was the third most popular boy's name, uh, of the year in the year I was born. And, uh, one time my mom had said, Oh, if you were a girl, we were going to name you Jennifer, uh, which was the most popular girl's name of the year I was born. So I was like, way to be creative parents. Good <laughs> job. Wow. <laughs> So yeah, they like days. I think I was supposed to be Jonathan if I was a boy. So oh, okay. Not like Ethan. Not Ethan. I don't think so. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I wasn't around so, when these conversations were happening. It's fair. Yeah, neither was I. Neither was I. So yeah. Well, I don't know what you've been up to, but I know it's probably been a lot. Is that is that yes. correct? You've been been a little busy. Yes, I have. I think I was talking to you about, uh, you know, I came back from Gen Con, I got COVID, and then I did Protospiel online, and then I did a whole bunch of other stuff, and I had a bunch of work stuff, and I just have been super, super busy, um, and a little bit, a little bit scattered for what's going on now, like a month and a half here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is fair. Yeah, and I've also, ever since Gen Con, like, I started grad school, um, which you're in the discord, you already know that, but like, so, uh, that has been like a 
just a lot of lot of time. My kids are back in school, which gives me more time during the day that they're not here. But also, you know, there's like getting them on the bus. I take my son to school. I have to put my daughter on the bus, pick my son up, be at the bus stop for my daughter. Um, so it's just there's a lot less time during the day. And then most of the time during the day, I'm literally either reading for school or doing online learning stuff because um, the program I'm in is is like it's at a university that I go to. Uh, but two of my classes are online this semester. And even the one that's not online, all of the work is online when you're not at school. So yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of time on the line. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also feeling really scattered with what I'm doing. Right. I'm trying to do game design, but I'm also like, you know, I, I had everything physical for Gen Con and then I was trying to digitize again for Protospiel Online. And mm -hmm. one of my testing groups is all online and it's also starting to be more physical. So I just feel like I'm doing a lot more trying to maintain uh, two sets of prototypes for every game. Um, which mm -hmm, just has mm -hmm. some yeah yeah i i have not made a digital prototype in probably well over a year um that's not i've done some updating for a digital prototype that is already been signed and the publisher has me doing the updates for them because it's easy and i know how to do it um mm -hmm. but like i don't like that's, I haven't made anything new online. The game I'm going to pitch later um, is a new game and I've played it online, but it's because it doesn't require any online components. Um, I can do it all physical and just with cameras. So yeah, just with mirrors, you know, it's like magic. I do it with mirrors, smoke and mirrors. Oh, that's, good. that's good. I love that. Um, I, I cannot play my games with only smoke and mirrors. So I had my, my big <laughs> win this past week was I got, uh, good kitties moved into screen top gg which i have been meaning to do for ages uh because it just seems like <laughs> a really great platform uh but mm -hmm. i've just never had the time to sort of pick up and just sort of start from scratch uh in a new in a new platform but it's a whole new day yeah. for me of the newer platforms that i've used i mean i say newer with a grain of salt but the ones that i started using after leaving the the bad one um I found Screentop GG, I think, to be the one I picked up on the quickest. Um, some of the other ones were just really difficult to understand. Um, I mean, the thing is, even, you know, back when I was learning the original stuff, that was all difficult to understand, right? It's all a lift. None of it is, like, easy peasy, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just... I don't know. I've mostly done the physical stuff right now because I just don't want to spend the time digitizing stuff. Uh, yeah. And plus I've been doing a lot with dexterity things and stuff like that. And, and it's just been fun to have that physical. Obviously you could do some of that, not physical, but like this, the sushi game I'm working on right now, like I, the, the, you know about this, I'm not going to pitch that one today, but like it is literally all physical components. Like you, you could do it in an online system, but it would, it would be stupid. Like it would literally would like, I would have no idea yeah. if the game worked or not. Well, it's cause like part a of tactile game. Right? Yeah. So you could yeah. do it online. You're just like dragging your mouse across the screen and hoping you snag something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and, you know, put in some physics and stuff in that, just code it in. So that, you know, like your mouse like rumbles when you go over stuff. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. 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 That'll be no Haptic. problem. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. All the platforms support that haptic mouse. Yeah. Oh yeah, 
feedback. Every single one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Haptic mouse feedback is obviously a thing that we have. So, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah. Well, hey, so um, so we're busy, right? Um, yeah. So, so we're busy. And what are we going to talk about then, Emily? Today we're going to talk about uh, finding time to be creative and how we fit it into our busy uh busy lives indeed we are yeah yeah and this is a topic we covered quite a while back i think it was julio and i um and i was saying to emily i it's just so perfect right now of a topic to cover because we've both been busy we've both been trying to keep up with stuff and you know get stuff done and yeah and so i uh i'm super excited i'm hoping you're just going to have a lot of good ideas that's going to make my life easier um because if i had good ideas i, I would have already implemented them so yeah you know <laughs> uh yeah we'll see uh we'll see about that <laughs> no promises I have, I have a little list that i wrote down in no particular order of the things that are on my mind when it comes to finding time to be creative uh but uh yeah i can just i can just start start there walk it down see where we get all right. I love it. I love it. All right. So the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think about finding time to be creative is I, I feel like my creativity is like a a well or a reservoir or something like that. And it gets depleted. Mm -hmm. Right. And it needs yeah. time to refill. <laughs> right, um, right. So, <laughs> so, you know, for me, that means like a bunch of sort of like intentional listening to myself of like, where am I in terms of just sort of my natural creativity state? And what can I do in that time that I have? Um, so, you know, sometimes I need like, I just need some quiet time, or I need some like, I'm going to go hang out with some friends time and not not be creative, right? I think we were having a conversation on the discord about how the rest, your resting time is active, right? So it's pushing you forward, right, it's letting you right. That well, right? Even if it doesn't um, feel like it's active, because it sure doesn't feel like it is. It doesn't feel active, um, and and I think honestly that's part of my feeling of this sort of like last six weeks is I feel like I haven't been particularly active, but I think I've just been so sort of crispy fried that I needed to, you know, I I have played mm -hmm. a lot of Zelda in the past couple weeks, right? And yeah. I've watched a lot of Master <laughs> because I just needed I needed a chance to like recharge my batteries and just sort of have have confidence or have faith in the process right that i was going to come out the other side of it with a little bit more uh creative juice <laughs> and the recharging thing is is tough like i really struggle with it not because like i mean yeah there's the anxiety part of me that's like oh you're lazy you should be working on something but like with the school stuff i'm like nope you're not like i'm exhausted like my brain hurts um, yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm writing a lot of stuff, uh, papers and such for this program. I'm going, uh, just to be like, I'm going for, uh, clinical mental health counseling. So I'll, I'll come out the other side as a, as a licensed therapist, uh, or counselor, same thing. But, um, anyways, uh, so it's not like a creative thing, but like when you, when you're writing a, a paper, whether it's a research paper, I mean, research papers feel a lot like game design. I'm not going to lie, except for with worse constraints um it's like you want to design a game but you have to write the rule book first and if the rule book's not in a specific format you're going to fail at the game um that's that's fun so 
<laughs> but so that to me is very draining in like anything I might have for creative juices. Um, and then when I get to that point where I want to like rest and refresh, you know, it used to be like, I could be like, Hey, Steph and I, my wife, we're watching this like series on TV and we could watch an episode. And I was like, yeah, like we made progress, right? Like, like we did something useful because we're watching this thing together and the goal is to complete it. Right. I mean, the goal is to enjoy it, but you know, also complete it. Um, and literally like, I'm just like, I don't even want to do that. Like, I don't even want to do it a little bit. Like, you know, so, so that's hard. So that, that means that I sit around, maybe play a game on my phone, probably just watch the little short Facebook videos for like mm-hmm. two plus hours, just staring at my phone. And afterwards, I'm just like, oh, literally, Jason, all you're doing is shortening your attention span. That's that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I'm teaching me how to have a worse attention span than I already have. Um, But like with that kind of stuff, I don't feel recharged afterwards. I literally just feel more crispy fried, as you said, right? Like, yeah. it just feels worse. So I think you have yeah. to be intentional with what you're doing, right? To refresh yourself. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think, you know, as, like I said, some stuff picked up at work that I had to deal with. And and I've always found over the sort of course of my career that as, you know, things pick up at work or as my work becomes more creative, I just, I can't do all creative all the time, right? So when my, mm-hmm. I, when my work gets more creative, my hobbies are less so, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, you know, for me, some of the stuff that helps is just a little bit of like, go get some exercise, go get something good to eat for myself, right? That's not going to make me feel tired and sluggish, right? If I, if I sort of take care of myself physically, I find I am taking care of myself mentally. Uh, but, you know, that only, that only gets me so far. Um, right, right. So, so I wanted to talk about something that I, I don't know that I have an answer to, but I feel like for me, it helps uh, overcome the like inertia part of getting into like, all right, I'm feeling a little crispy fried. <laughs> I want to be creative. What can I do? Um, and so how do you improv in game design is going to be my question, right? So I know how to improv in dance. Um, mm-hmm. I know how to improv in music, right? I'm a, I'm a singer. Uh, so I find that improv can sometimes be the like thing that pushes me out of the like, oh my God, I can't even get started. Um, but I'm curious, I, you know, I've been, I've been rolling around in my head. How do I improv in game design? And I don't know if you have, uh, I'm just putting you on the spot with this question. <laughs> I've had more time to think about it though. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, you say, do I want to work on this design? Yes. And I want to do it a different day. Um, is that <laughs> you said yes and right? That's all it takes. No, um, sorry, lame joke. Uh, I love it. I love it. You know, I didn't. I actually comedy when I was asking this question, right. like that was obvious. That's that's funny. Yeah. Uh, all I thought was missed opportunity. The fact that Jamie's not here, they'll be devastated that you talked about improv and they weren't here to talk about it. Um, I actually, I do. I can tell you what it means to me to improv in game design, and I've never thought of it this way. Um, that's a really interesting way to think about it. And I don't know how you're thinking about it. Um, so I'm just going to define it how I'm thinking, about it, which, which is, um, like when I've got a bunch of game design stuff that I'm working on, 
and I sit down and I say, I've got to work on something right now. I need to do something creative here. Uh, I think about all the things that I, you know, quote, need to do with it. And then I pick the one that sounds the most fun. Sometimes I pick the one that sounds the least awful. Um, And I try to let my brain enjoy what, um, enjoy what, uh, um, like what, what I feel capable of working on right now and like Mm -hmm. what sounds fun to work on. And that might be some notes on a new game that I'm never going to design because I already have too many that I'm not going to design. It might be uh, a logo for a game that I don't really need a logo for, but I'm just feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it might be trying to set up a play test for a game that I won't be able to test for a few weeks, but still want to, you know, uh, it might just be reading some notes. Um, or a new thing that I've been doing, um, you know, and don't like at me in the comments, as people say, um, but like, uh, is sometimes I'll just have a quote conversation with chat GPT about what I'm working on. Like I just yeah. will be like, I'm doing this. I'm trying to figure this out. Like this is a scenario I thought of. Can you tell me another scenario that might work for that? And then like, have it give me some ideas back. And most of them, I'm like, these are garbage, but it helps me think through stuff. Or uh, if I'm interested in researching something, um, this is my, this is my favorite thing to do. Uh, Cause I'm like a, I'm like an OCD rabbit hole person. Like when I, um, need to like recharge. This is something I do do is I like to go online and just read a bunch of stuff uh, about like a very hyper specific topic. And they're usually weird topics that there's not like a ton of information about. Like I'll be like, I want to read about the PRA Rees map, uh, which look it up if you haven't. It's it's amazing. It's this old map. There's a lot of stuff around it. There's a lot of stuff that's not true. A lot of stuff that is true. Um, and I can go around the internet and try and find all of it. Or I can just be like, hey, chat, BGPT, tell me everything you know about it. And then it gives me like pages and I just read it. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so this is where that came from. I'll go find that somewhere else then, right? And um, and that has been really refreshing for me. And it's been like helping me generate ideas when I'm like, I'm interested in this topic. Tell me everything you know about it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that... I I find fun uh, and refreshing. Um, I kind of veered away from the question you asked, but I feel like I loosely uh, answered it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, and you, you got me on, I'm sort of like, which thread do I pull? Because the thing you were just talking about is one of the other notes that I have here, which is like, I think there are different types of creativity and like figuring which figuring out which one you're feeling in the moment is, mm-hmm. is for me really helpful, right? So I... Um, I think there's the, for me, there's like the creativity of like, come up with a new idea or solve a more sort of theoretical problem, right? Like what should this Mm -hmm. mechanic be, right? What should this like rule be? It's all sort of nebulous and words and things like that, as opposed to, and, and that for me is like a really, that can be a really heavy lift, right? If I'm not in the right mental state to do it, I will just be like, I don't know. I don't know what it could be. It just, I was rolling a die and now I don't know what else to make it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but there's also the creativity that for me comes a little bit more easily, which is more like a graphic design or a user experience design type of thing, where if I'm not feeling like I can solve the problem in the game, usually there's a lower hanging 
graphic design problem that I can solve, right? I can go find a couple new icons. I can move all the icons to the left side of the card or something like that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting, uh, you know, go and, uh, you know, over-design your prototypes, right? Uh, but for me, I do like to have the graphic design uh, at least to a certain a certain spot because the games I'm playing or I'm working with are a little bit more complex, and I I get really frustrated in playtest feedback when the feedback was I couldn't understand what was going on because the graphic design wasn't there, as opposed to like the game wasn't working. I, I'd rather not have my playtesters get caught in that, but but I can mm-hmm. just have a really great time doing like a little bit of graphic design and it, it makes me feel good. I feel like I've, I have solved a problem. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a type of creativity that once I'm in it, right. I'm like, okay, I fixed that card, but that card was just the entryway to this other problem. But like now I'm in the headspace of the game. Right. I've sort of like gotten there. Um, and so I can sort of like pull a thread by solving a slightly easier design problem doing a for me an easier creative task to to lead up to the harder creative task yeah yeah and i'm completely on board with that there have been a number of times where i've tricked myself into working on something different i mean and even if you don't you still have made forward progress and even if you didn't you still worked on something creative and found joy in it and so literally that's all that matters right but somebody one time was like how do you like consistently do game design like how do you i don't remember if somebody asked me that or asked that question just in the discord i can't remember and and my answer which was like paraphrased from something david sedaris said um was um who i've literally never read a book by uh but i saw like he had a master class thing and i saw the ad for it and he said this and so my paraphrase of it was when somebody said how do you consistently game design and i said i do 10 minutes of shitty game design every day um, in the hopes that that will lead to me being excited and doing 30 minutes of, of not so great game design or maybe an hour of decent game design. Right. But some days it's mm-hmm. just that 10 minutes. Um, yeah. and to be fair, some days I don't have that 10 minutes to give. Um, but, uh, he had said it around, they asked how you're a good writer. And he said that he writes, you know, 50 bad words. I mean, like 500 or I don't know some small number of words every day. And he said, and that usually turns into more and some of it might actually be decent. And I was like, Oh wow, that makes a lot of sense. And so I started applying that to game design um, and found that it actually could make me like get stuff done. It's, it's this, it's also a trick I've heard a lot with people with ADHD talk about where they say like, if I can convince myself to start working on something then I won't want to stop, I'll just keep doing it because I like getting stuff done but I have to start, right? Um, yeah. 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 And so I think the starting is where I come back to the improv uh, question. So um, <clears throat> since I didn't even think about improv comedy at all, and I don't know much about improv comedy, um, I, I'm i going to talk a little bit about improv dance. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been a dancer for uh, like my whole life and I'm in a dance ensemble right now. Um, and sometimes you just need to get out and move, right? And you're like, I need to choreograph something. And you're like, I have no ideas, right? Um, so there's all sorts of little uh, 
basically assignments you can give yourself. So maybe you'll pick a song and say, I'm going to choreograph literally to the words, right? I'm going to make it the most clown-like, you know, I point at myself, you point at you, right? You know, sun, make a, a sun shape over my head, right? Mm -hmm. And so the first thing I do is I create something entirely literal and then I and then I play with it, right? And I say, okay, let's make this sun more abstract or let's, um, a, a technique that we use a lot is like, okay, so you did this in your arms. What if you did it in your legs, right? What if you did this mm -hmm. shape that you did with your elbow, but what if you just used a finger joint, right? Or what if you used your ankle joint or something like that? Um, what if you took it and did it backwards, right? Which was retrograde, which is just super fun to say. Um, like and Mercury. so you, exactly. <laughs> um, and so there are all these like little games, which I, I think with improv comedy, there's a similar like structure of like you give yourself self exercises to to practice it. Right. Um, but mm -hmm. but you can you can practice improv dance. Right. So it you know, other techniques are just like, you know, create a movement that expresses something about, you know, your home. OK. Right. And then you just take that and you repeat it and you evolve it and you just you turn on music and you have four moves that you can do and you just have to start putting them in any order. Right. And changing the plane and changing the speed and and all of these things. Um, and so for me, that's a really great way to start sometimes with dance when I'm like, I'm here. It's the morning. I need to dance. I just need to get moving. And so I can give myself a little assignment. Um, so, so that's what I was thinking about in terms of game design mm -hmm. of like, what are the little games that we play or assignments that we give ourselves? Right. Um, mm -hmm. so, so, you know, so one of those can be go to, go to my notebook and just like pull out a thing that's interesting and, and try to build just a piece of it. Right. Of like, okay, mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. I wanted this game for monsters to have monsters that you know they're like gremlins and when you feed them after midnight they they flip over and have a new power so let me just like create some of those monsters right or let me imagine their world and draw the map of it um, because mm -hmm. they live under your bed and in the closet and you know things like that um and so i can i can do that kind of thing um I've got some where I just like I put a big blank piece of paper down and I try to like draw a map of the problem that I'm trying to solve. So maybe not do it in words. Right. But like good kitties has a problem where the end game is just catching mice and it sucks. Right. So so like how, how do I how do I draw that in pictures and then try to solve it with pictures? Um, you draw mice with the X's over their eyes. Pretty sure that means they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not dead yet. The problem is they keep being alive and and you run out of time to kill them all. Um mm, the or, uh the new the new kids these days say unalive. That's how they do unalive. it. Unalive it. Okay. Unalive yeah, it. Have you not heard that one before? I've not heard that one. Every every episode is just gonna be Emily and I learning new words like from the <laughs> younger generation. I love that. It's gonna keep unalive. us fresh yeah yeah i know we yeah. can use the little skull emoji instead of the the laughing emoji i know that's what i should be using but the I'm which not. one the skull emoji it's like you're laughing so hard you're dead and so you instead of that, sending the little like lol that feels emoji, like a gen z thing yeah that feels yeah. like a gen z thing yeah well, i don't know i read like, about it in the newspaper like 
four years ago at this point. So oh, it's then probably, maybe not. Yeah. Not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm dated. Yeah. Bet dead. <laughs> dead. Um, but yeah. yeah. I want to be so clear. I'm not a- making fun of any of this. I just don't understand it. I wish I did because yeah. I'd be cooler. Yeah. I, I listened to a whole thing earlier today about how I need to be on TikTok. And I was just like, <sighs> I don't know, man. I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm still trying to figure mm-hmm. out discord and blue sky um so you know oh i've i've signed up for blue sky i haven't never went there and uh yeah. yeah i was like this looks like twitter cool and then i left and that <laughs> was it because i i honestly i don't like social media i use facebook routinely just because everyone i know would feel like is on it for the most part um not everyone but a, a lot of people right but like, I guess I'm kind of just waiting till people are like, this is what we're doing. This is the one. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this one too then, you know? Yeah. I don't want to invest it, brain space into things I don't have to do. <laughs> I yeah. It. Yeah. It, it feels like it might be the one, but I, I'm going to look at it again this weekend. I'm going to try and re-engage my social media brain this weekend. It's one of my, one of my goals. It's not a very creative goal, but it's one of my goals mm-hmm. for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good goal. Um, yeah. So, so I love the improv dance analogy, by the way. That's fantastic. Um, I it, that It's fantastic, but it sounds so intimidating to me because if you were like, do a dance move, like I could do like, like that standard like dance move that guys do where they just kind of like go back and forth. It'll be not in sync with the music um, because I have no <laughs> rhythm. Um but beyond that, if you were like, do a dance move, I'm just going to default to something that's funny because that's, that's my ability with dancing. Like, Oh, I like do the sprinkler. I could do the Bronco, but I'll hurt myself. Um, so I'm gonna do the sprinkler or the shopping cart. And, uh, yeah. And then, and that's it. So the fact that you can just be like, Oh, I could just make these movements. I'm like, wow, that sounds intimidating. That's what that sounds like. Well, well, let me actually then, um, draw you in right um which i think this analogy will continue to work for game design uh but you know like with any other skill you you train it up right so you practice and it's (laughs) uncomfortable um so like we have a we have a warm-up that's called like one minute choreographer exactly jason's doing some great great head head bobs yeah yeah um where you just put on a song and someone stands at the front and they just have to move for a minute and everyone does what they do and then you oh, put on a new fantastic if i'm not the person in front <laughs> but you just sort of do whatever you're gonna do everyone follows you and it's a great time uh but where i was going with this is actually you know you talk about like a dance move as like the sprinkler or like something like that but like we try to like take it all the way back to like a dance move is like it could just be like i put my hand up Right. Like it can just be like, I put my hand out. I like turn and look at my feet. Right. It, it doesn't have to be a whole right, right. Intricate full body thing. Right. You want to sort of mm-hmm. find the smallest piece of something that you could do and then just play with that very, very small piece. Um, so that's why I right. said, like, do this, you know, like hinge at the elbow. Where else can you do it? You can hinge at the finger joint. Right. You can hinge at the neck. You can hinge at the hip. Right. And like what does that do if all you can do is hinge right um and mm-hmm. it i don't know by Probably narrowing that back out. <laughs> but by narrowing that focus right you you end up sort of right right 
constraining the space, which I know we talk a lot about in game design is like, give yourself some artificial constraints in which to design. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm curious if there's that kind of approach to game design, right? Like I, I have some really simple cards that I'm working on a game with right now that it's just the card has a single line through it. It's a card with a line that is a color, mm -hmm. right? And and I'm just like, what can I do with these, right? And that sort of super constrained, very small uh, vocabulary, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, can help me sort of just like get some creative juices flowing. I like that. I think that's cool. That's a good one. That might be my big, exciting uh, tip and trick for this. Uh... <laughs> hey, we don't have to solve all the problems here. That's what the listeners are for. We're just here to talk about it. <laughs> all right so i talked about uh i talked about improving i talked about my my creativity well and how it needs to to refill um so this one's probably an obvious one but like i gotta know my best times like m my most yeah. creative times are in the morning like it's before 9 a.m is when i have all of my Ooh, good ideas wow <laughs> what's that like <laughs> it's it's a life i live it we um, should we should co-design a game where we never talk about the game i'll work on it at night and you work on it in the morning and we'll just share a document back and forth this is great this is like those like telephone games right and you're just right, like right or the exquisite corpse or something like that where like you're just yes. like i do a thing then i pass it to the next person also a dance improv thing like or there's a way to do exquisite corpse in dance um and so that would be very fun. If if it truly was just being a, a corpse, I could do that in dance. If it just was laying there, I, that would be, I would excel at that. I'd be so good at that. You'd be like, wow, he's the best person at that ever. It. This is totally, did you see that thing where someone called the cops about a yoga class that they were all lying in corpse pose and they thought like, I did. It could happen. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was like tragic, possible like thing turns out to be yoga class. And I was like, well, first of all, whoo. Second of all, that's hilarious. Yeah. They must all be very good at corpse pose. I feel like I would probably be a little twi twitchy. I mean, right? or, or, you know, the person who called was an idiot. Like that could have happened yeah. as well. I'm not saying they were because I don't know, but it, it's possible. It's possible. Anything is possible. Um, yeah. So I I sort of have like it, it helped me to like write down what are my good creative times. Right. So early in the morning, if I've gotten some good sleep. Right. So mm -hmm. I will sometimes get like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour in before I leave for work. If I'm in like a particularly good headspace, um, I usually need it to be quiet right? So if I'm feeling an urge for music or background TV or something like that, I know I'm not in a creative problem-solving mm -hmm. space. And right now is a time to go, you know, I don't know, post something on social media or <laughs> something that feels less right, creative. Right. Um, uh, so, you know, so quiet morning time is good for me, but the other time I'm really fired up and creative is usually right after a playtest. Uh, and so, yeah, if I can, right. Yeah. If I can like block some time right then, and that's, that's when I end up staying up late and that's where this whole thing gets horribly, uh, horribly confused. Uh, but like 
some of my best ideas have been at midnight after a playtest where I am just completely amped at how terrible that went and I just have to solve the problem right now. Oh, yeah. See, I was thinking the opposite. Like, I a lot of times feel energized when it went well, but I like it went well, but it needs some stuff, but I know what it needs. Right. So I'm like, hey, that went really well and I'm excited about it and I can make these changes. The issue I'm running into is almost all of my playtests are done later in the evening. So by the time they're done, I'm usually exhausted. Like the game I'm going to pitch tonight, like every playtest afterwards, like I'm just wiped because the game is very emotional. And like, so listening to people talk by the end, I'm just like, I really want to work on this, but I also just need to go space because yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's interesting. I, I feel like I said, I feel most motivated when things go horribly wrong. Uh, but I can pinpoint what it was. It's those aha moments, right? When Mm -hmm. things go really well, I feel sort of excited and, um, but I, I don't know what to grab onto. And, and in fact, I think right now good kitties is moving forward because I, I finally like had some of those like, oh, I can really see the problem and it was super frustrating. Right, right. Whereas Pirates is a little stuck because like it's it's going okay, right? Those playtests have been good-ish, right? Right, right. Those playtests where games go okay are definitively the worst playtests. Like you want the game to either wow the people or for them to hate it. That's, I mean, like when it's just middle of the road, it is really hard to know what to do, Right. Oh, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I had a good time. You could probably change this or this. And those are just like slight opinions on how to make it better to that person. And they might be correct, but they also might not be. And, you know, um, when they're really enjoying it and then they've got this real honed in feedback or when they really hate it and they're able to say, like, this is what I hated. Fix this. Like, those are the moments. Like, those are those aha moments you're talking about, right? But those like meh moments, those don't fix anything, you know? <laughs> I mean, I get it. That's and this is why I don't do game development because that's what game development is, right? It's the meh moments that you're trying to work through um, to make the game like really sing and be what it wants to be, uh, and that takes that takes a special kind of brain and a special kind of patience I don't have. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's a yeah, but. It's challenging, right? But when there's like a fire under my butt, I will stay up and I will work on it. And I, I will I will say I'm particularly motivated when I feel like the playtesters didn't get it. And so I'm going to make them get it, um, which right. usually leads to a better, a better choice somewhere along the lines, hopefully. Right, um, right, right. Uh, but I think the other time that uh, sort of kicks me off, which is part of why I really like like Protospiel Online, is when I'm playtesting with a bunch of designers and I feel like the designers mm. kick around ideas at the end, that one can get me really jazzed. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, so, and I think that again, when designers like when you have that great play test or that awful play test, that's when designers really come in handy. Right. Because like with a great play test, they're able to say, this is really good. This is close. Here are some things I think might tighten it up. Right. Um, yeah. and you know, and those first play tests where it's awful, they're able to say like, that was bad. Like, here's some things you should probably fix around that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 
I agree with you on that. I think that is um, that is a motivating thing, um, but it doesn't answer the time question, right? Of like, what if you don't have time? <laughs> well, and so that's that's I think where I'm headed is if I know what my good times are, I can mm-hmm. start to make that plan and also forgive myself for not being creative if it's not that time, right? So if the next time I'm going to be testing with, you know, I'm going to be play testing with designers or just play testing in general, I could be like, all right, I want to try and set myself up that if, if I feel the, the fire, right. After Mm -hmm. that play test, uh, I should, I should have that space in my schedule. Right. And I can, I can also set a goal for the week of like one day before work, I'm going to try and be creative. And so I'll just get up every morning and be like, is it here? It's not here. Okay. It's not the morning. I'm going to get more sleep tomorrow night <laughs> and try it again. Right. right. right? I, I think that is, that is key though, is not just to know your time, but to know if, if it is that time that day, right. To be able to say to yourself and, and feel okay with saying, it's not going to happen today. Like, this is not it. I'll try tomorrow. You know, that is a big deal to be able to say that, like, that's a really big deal. A lot of us struggle with that. So the fact that you can do that, that's a special skill um, of being able to just forgive yourself and say, nope, you know, I can't do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll see if tomorrow's better. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah and I I don't know where I get that, but I mean, I, I've been working in, I've been working in design for like a decade now. So I, I think I just, <laughs> I just had to get there, but um, right, right. you know, at the same time, right. I, I have my little notebook that I bring everywhere. And if I have an idea, I write it down. And I, I, again, I try to make space when I'm like, Ooh, it's seeming a little quiet and I've got a breakfast sandwich. Maybe I'll just pull my notebook out while I have breakfast instead of, um, reading my phone. Right. Yeah. And that is, that is a choice that you have to actively make that can be difficult. I, I think one of the things I run into with this is, you keep mentioning when it's quiet and I don't know what that's like um, mm. because my house is never quiet uh, anytime my children are here. Yeah. So finding those quiet times, really, really important. Um, you know, and I think for those of us that, that struggle to find those quiet times, um, whether it's because you have kids or just people around or your day job, I think that one of the things to recognize is when those moments are going to be right. And trying to schedule some of those moments if you can. I mean, I, you know, my wife is amazing and and I can say to her, like, I need to just go downstairs for like 30 minutes. I'll throw these headphones on that I have. I'll play some what's called brown noise, which is just this weird. It's like white noise, but it's different. It's creamy somehow is the best is how it's described. And I don't know why, but that, that makes sense. And if I do that, then I can focus um, and kind of zone out and work on something or just think, you know, so I do think that if you are in a place where that's difficult, you have to figure out ways to help yourself have that time, not even just to design games, but for your own mental health. Like, um, you know, uh, also, I don't want to make it sound like I don't want to talk to my kids. I love talking to my kids. Um, But like there's that morning moment where like my brain is still trying to wake up because I I go to bed too late and I don't sleep enough. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah, it's tough sometimes to be like. I need five minutes to think. <laughs> I'm never going to get that right now. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's something that I, you know, I, I don't have kids, right? I have, I have cats that I have to feed and that's a whole process, but like, you know, they can uh, be mouthy. They, they are very mouthy. Um, and they have, they've started acting like they are absolutely starving at six in the morning because, you know, there's nothing left in those bowls. Because they're liars because cats are liars. They're good kitties. They're good kitties. Um, that doesn't mean they're not liars. It's true. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, I'm able to carve out time on my drive to work and, um, you know, eating lunch or, you know, things like that. I, I do have that ability. So I don't have good tips and tricks when there's even more sort of demands on one's time. Uh, right. Right. Well, that's why I, I know. And that's why I was just trying to throw that out there for some people. Like, yeah. You have to be very yeah. intentional about how to make time for yourself in those instances. And you have to be willing to say, just like Emily said, you know, like, hey, some days it's just not going to happen. Like, you have to say, like, hey, today is not going to happen. Like, you know, um, I will say that the one thing um, that I always look forward to doing every single week um, is recording this podcast. Uh, when, when we do and then also the you know our eight o'clock meetups uh, yeah. that time I feel like is energizing like the last two weeks I've had nothing to say that I've gotten done and I'm okay with that like I don't mind because I'm just there with everybody and I'm able to say like I didn't get anything done here's why let's talk about what you all did you know um, yeah and just being able to go be heard right to say this is what I'm struggling with I don't need help I just need to say that I'm struggling with this um, I know that's a big deal. It's one of my favorite parts of the group that, that people show up just to say, I didn't get anything done, but I wanted to be here. You know, I love that. Yeah. The community, love that we have permission for that. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, the community is fabulous. Right. And that's, I think again, something that gives me and I think lots of people energy, right. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it lifts us up. Right. Right. Um, got anything else about this that we haven't covered um, yet i think we have uh covered covered it all although i didn't get to right. say, say my favorite phrase which was uh when we were talking about how you sort of like pull the thread and do an easy thing and then it spins into a hard thing i was like "Ooh, that's when you gestalt it and i was like "Ooh, we should say gestalt because that's a fun word oh say gestalt yeah. So uh, define Gestalt for people who don't know what that is. Most of us only know what that is based on on D and D Gestalt classes. Uh, so if I, I can look up the definition, um, you're just well, running around using a word you don't even know the definition to Emily. What is this? <laughs> so the way I always think of Gestalt, and maybe everyone's gonna be like, "Wow, Emily didn't know what Gestalt was," but it's where you like kick off a process that then becomes sort of like self. Uh, fulfilling like it it picks up steam it's like the snowball sort of rolling down a hill where it gets bigger and bigger and like builds its own sort of energy as it goes uh, but the the dictionary says it's an organized whole that's perceived as more than the sum of its parts uh so that sort of works in the same way uh but yeah all right i don't know that's all i got <laughs> so not with a bang but a whimper <laughs> But so listeners, yeah, I mean, I just, you've got to, you've got to be okay with sometimes just not having the time to do the things um, and just trying to give yourself the ability to do the things um, when you can. But like, don't be afraid to say like, 
I'm not going to do it right now. Right. I mean, I've, I'm not going to like step away from game design because of the schooling stuff. I'm trying to find ways to, to pair it together, which is what I'm going to talk about next with my pitch. But like, um, but some people just have to say, you know what? I'm not working on this stuff right now because I can't. Um, and if that's what you need to refresh, then you should do that. You should stop and you should say, nope, I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to, I'm going to take some time off, you know, not, not today. Um, you know, not this week, maybe, maybe it's months. Right. Um, and that's, that's okay. In fact, you can do that and still come to our meetup every time and no one will ever bat an eye at that. Um, yeah, they'll just be happier there. So, yeah. So no, it's okay not to do stuff sometimes. I think it's, uh, we live in a culture where everything feels like it has to have a purpose and a reason. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as that weird kid from Willy Wonka said, it's candy. It, it doesn't have to have a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Charlie, Charlie, that's his name. Literally, Charlie, it's in the name of the book, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, I couldn't have been worse off on that. I was thinking Freddie Highmore because that's the name of the kid who played him, but which is mm. not the thing. It's not Freddie Highmore in the Chocolate Factory. Uh, so that's <laughs> stupid. But um, I think you're also on a different uh I do like that version, but the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is the movie that was out when I was a kid. Oh, me too. Um, yeah. Uh, Gene Wilder were... freaks me out too much. Yeah. There was back in the day, like when I was in high school, Marilyn Manson covered that song thing, <laughs> the, the the speech that, that um, Gene Wilder gives in the tunnel. Yeah. Um, and he tries to be all creepy and scary. I would still argue yeah. that Gene Wilder is way creepier. Like Marilyn Manson just sounds like he's trying to be creepy. Gene Wilder seems like he will eat those children. Like <laughs> he literally wants to murder the kids. Like that's what he's doing. It's true. Yeah, it's true. On that note, I'm going to pitch a game. <laughs> Woo. Woo. So, okay. So I've talked about some of this before. I may have talked about this game in detail a long time ago. I've been working on it for a few years now, but uh, it's back. It's being play tested, and I'm really happy with what it's doing. Um, so, so in in line with me doing this counseling thing, I've been really interested in the idea of creating games that can help people process mental health things. And that's um, I have to do like research for my degree, and I'll probably do some research around. Right now, I was forced to come up with a research topic like today, like two weeks into my first class or my first classes. Um, and so I was, I've said like, uh, what are the effect, the effects of, uh, board games on the mental health of teens, uh, specifically, because I, I, I think that, um, you know, we, we think of all the positive things board games do, like bringing people together, you know, teaching camaraderie, um, teamwork, empathy, all these different things. Right. And those are all things that a lot of teens could really use help with, right. Feeling like part of a group, those sorts of things. So, so I'm really interested in that idea is what I'm saying. And, um, so I was, I had this game sitting around for a couple of years and I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to finish it and I'm going to get it play tested at Protospiel online. And I did, and it went great. And then I play tested at Grand Con and it went great. Uh, now I'm trying to set up some more play tests. Um, and I've been kind of secretive about the game, uh, on some of the places because I didn't want to kind of give away the thing for it, but, but I'm going to give away the thing for it because I think that's okay. Um, because you can, you can play it after hearing the thing. Um, 
you you just really only want to play it once because after that it's it's going to lose a lot of its meaning. So so here's how the game works. It's called Build a Fire, Build it Big. And um uh it is a one-shot RPG uh where you play yourself um in a scenario um and everyone else plays themselves. Ideally it's played with four players. Um we can do different numbers but uh, four is like is like you're playing a role-playing game just find four people like it's not that hard find four people sit down and play it it's meant to not have anybody run it for you uh, i've been running it but i've been running it as if i'm another player just reading from the book um though at this point i'm pretty much just reciting it because i know it. <laughs> but uh because <laughs> i wrote it um so here's the setup um you are um you're in your home there is a disaster coming a big old natural disaster and all of your friends, family, pets, all the living things in your home that you care about have been taken away, uh, like to a pos- taken away. That's not a bad have been taken to safety. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's a big difference. Been taken yep. to safety. Um, you know, things you'll need have been taken with them. Uh, you are the last one to go um, and you have been given a wagon and told you can pack um, seven things to bring with you. And those seven things uh, come from a list of categories. I'm not going to go through the categories, but they're things like mementos, souvenirs, um, writings, things that have really big meaning to you. Things that, you know, the, the things in your house that when you see them, you're like, oh, yeah, like that's that's my favorite thing because of this. Right. Um, and you're allowed to fill this wagon if things will fit in the wagon for these seven things, these seven categories, one item for each. Um and that's the setup for the game. Um, and the game begins. You and your group have been walking for a couple hours to safety. It's nighttime. Um, it's very cold. And uh, you're trying to get to um, you're trying to get to a certain place uh, where the safe zone is. Um, and it's just getting too cold. And you come upon a fire uh, in this field. There's a man there um, who's keeping the fire going. And he asks if, you know, he's, hey, you can join me at the fire. Um, and then he explains that the fire doesn't burn on normal things. It burns on emotions and memories. And, um, guess what? You packed all your favorite stuff. I tricked you. Now you're going to set it on fire. Um, but you're not just going to say like, oh, I'm just going to burn this. Uh, what happens in the game is there are cards you flip. The cards are pretty balanced out to where it is possible to, to get rid of everything, Um, But you shouldn't have to because you're going to flip a set number of cards and you should have some things left over at the end, uh, depending on how you play. At least some people should. Um, And when a card is flipped, you have to put the item from that category in the fire. uh, One of them. Right. And if you have four players, you have four of those items Um, and you have to decide. There's no rules as to who has to do it. Somebody has to do it. You do take turns flipping the cards. Each person will have flipped um, three cards by the end of the game. Uh, and the cards all have uh, a couple items on them. Uh, so in the catches, when you put it in there, um, you well, before you put it in there, you explain what it is and why it's so important to you. Uh, and you chuck it in the fire. Um, and uh, in the first play test I had, someone refused to do that. Um, that was our, our friendly uh, person, Jack Rosetree, who we love. Uh, they said, I'm not going to do it. I, I refuse. Um, so there are now these danger cards that when you, um, when you put something in, uh, when you refuse to put something in, you have to flip a danger card, which is going to tell you something, um, that's not, that's not great. Um, and you read the cards to figure out what that is. Um, and they're all different. No, no two cards are the same. 
and yeah, so that's what you do in the game. In the end, like I said, theoretically, you've got some items left over, uh, and then you'll talk about those items, and then you'll answer some questions uh, together as a group to see what this experience has, has felt like for you. Um, and I have loved playtesting this game. What I've loved so much about it is this, and that's that at the beginning of the game, both times I was like, well, the first time I was like, oh no, like, like, oh, I'll, I'll chuck this in. That's fine. No problem. No problem. Yep. Pitch it. Yep. That's fine. And I'm like, crap, Like this is not, this is not hitting like I want it to. And then about the fifth card rolls around and I was waiting for this the second time after seeing it the first time. And when that fifth card hits, um, and they say, we need this item. And you realize that three people have chucked that item already and you're the last one and you were just trying not to chuck that item. Um, and that's when you see their faces drop. Um, and, uh, I was like, there it is. There it is. This is working. Um, and the idea of is that it helps to helps kind of process loss and letting go of things, right? We all have a lot of stuff, right? And it kind of, the idea is it helps you think about that, but it also helps you talk about personal memories, um, and, uh, and kind of discover things about yourself and about others in that somebody said it was a cry breaker game, like an icebreaker, except for you might cry. Um, we have had some players, uh, that have said they've, they've cried a little bit about the game, um, which made me feel not to sound mean, but really good. <laughs> Cause I was like, yeah. it's hitting home, right? I want you to process these emotions. Um, and so I'm super proud of what the game is doing right now. Um, and I really, really want to uh, keep working on it. It's only has 18 cards in a rule book, um, which makes it real flexible uh, for how I could publish it. Uh, I am going to try and pitch it to some RPG publishers. And um, yeah, and that was most of the details. I left a couple things out just to keep some mystery in there. But um, the idea is you play it once. Um, you could facilitate it a thousand times if you wanted to but you'd only theoretically play it one time. You can play it multiple times if you like want to play with a new group and you feel like you can be honest about it. Um, or maybe you just pick new items. You know, I, I think that um, I don't think replaying it is going to be negative. I just think that it's, it's going to have less emotional impact. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with it. I need to show it to some publishers because it's a nice one shot role playing game. It requires a heck of a lot less play testing than a typical board game does, which is really cool. Um, but I'm hoping to play it with some of the students in my program um, because I'd like to get, you know, some people with some psychology trainings feelings on it um, and see if they're having some of the same reactions and stuff. So that's, that's that. Cool. Yeah. I, wow. That just sounds awesome. I, yeah, uh, I haven't got. I'm to enjoying play it. it. No, you haven't. Hopefully, that didn't completely ruin. It. So you haven't no. played it, but you've heard a little bit about it. Do you feel like now you're like I don't want to play that now that I know? No, or... no I definitely want to play it. I'm sitting okay, here like, okay. like looking at the bookshelf behind me, being like, "Is there anything on right. there that I like?" Right, right. It's funny because yeah. I've not played it. Right, like I've only run it, and mm-hmm. I've been like thinking about like what would I put in for this or that? You know, like I don't know. Um. Yeah, and this is a game where people have been like, this this is doing it, right? And the suggestions have been like, hey, like maybe tweak this one category, you know, like so the, somebody was like, I can't think of something for this category. So the rule became, okay, that's fine. If you can think of something for the category, then just put anything else in that could, you know, that works, but assign it to that category. 
because yeah. you know you're just going to put a filler in there and somebody did that and it worked fine like no one knew the difference you know it didn't matter the categories are really just to be to be a guide for you right to say like these are the things in fact the last category is something special that wasn't in another category or that you want to duplicate right like that's it's that simple um yeah yeah oh that sounds awesome i love i love how deep your games go jason <laughs> i'm trying so I, i'm i really the classes are making me feel inspired about trying to make more of these types of games and i've got some other ideas some of them i'm struggling with like how to balance i've got this one game that i, I can't pitch well i could pitch it on the show when i when it's ready but um but it's another game where you, you would play it one time um and and then you you really couldn't play it again. It would not have an impact the second time. And that game is is called Two Pizzas. It's not even it's about something silly, but it's like um it's yeah, I, it's a game that I think would would teach some cool lessons for people. Um yeah, yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. But well, I, I but I appreciate the kind words. That. Yeah. No, I tell lots what of people was about that? I, I'm telling people Oh yeah, compose too, yeah. 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 Um, and I've gotten a lot of people be like, Ooh, that's interesting. Like, yeah. Yeah. You get some publishers that are like, Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> Cause most publishers are like, Ooh, that, that looks fun. I'm not going to publish that. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's just, yeah. there's, there's too many cards. I don't want to publish that one myself. Yeah. <laughs> but Excellent. Well, thanks for letting me pitch something. Thanks for saying nice stuff about it. And uh, thanks for talking with me about being, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me about being too busy. <laughs> I love it. Anytime. I, this is, it's one of the things that invigorates me, right? So. You know what? Me too. It really is. So like I said, I will never not want to talk uh, about board games on this, in this venue, you know? Um yeah, it makes me happy that I look forward to this every single week. You know, yeah, really does. All right. Well, hey, listeners, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you've got thoughts about it, you probably do. I hope you do. Uh, come to our Discord and, and dispense those thoughts. We have a whole section called Show Feedback. And then you can go to the section called uh, Show Topics or something like that. And you can, I don't remember what that one's called. And then you can like give us ideas for topics to talk about on the show. And you might even get drafted to be on the show to talk about it, which is super fun. Um, so yeah, so that is, um, that's the case. That's the thing. Uh, if you want to get in touch with you, you can go to buildinggamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to that discord I mentioned. Also, you could email us buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. But the easiest way to find us is, of course, to keep coming back every single week. And until next time, good night. Good night. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.